this is a beginning point. This is the beginning of the rest of my life. I got the meaning, and I got to write it down, because I don't want to forget it. Just win, baby. And welcome back to the Gold Jacket Podcast with me, your host, most of the time, Gymnastic. Uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Gold Jacket QBs. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Connor Donald. Connor, man, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I've just been trying to keep up with, you know, the, my Eagles Twitter account, the True North Twitter account, and just... This crazy legal tampering. I'm, my fingers hurt from typing, so I'm fucking pumped that we're here to chat finally about this wildness. It has been pretty insane. I have uh, seen some pretty wild rumors because this is rumor season that comes out. Some of them have actually been pretty true. I've, uh, I was <laughs> kind of surprised at it. A couple guys got called out by some big names. One of them, uh, Tony Khan. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see how it's happening. Today, uh, we have a special guest with us, member of the True North Fantasy Football Network, Coach Craig Sport. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm just excited to join you guys, talk some free agency that's kind of happened so far, and you know we're going to be talking more about what might happen as well. Yeah, man. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be pretty tight. So if you're watching live right now on youtube on true north ffb or you're on periscope i guess some people do that uh we're not on clubhouse um at least not i'm not and you can also find us probably on what tiktok i think we're on tiktok now i don't do tiktok too anymore i tried once and then my kids made fun of me so <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm off of that <laughs> i don't blame you man I, that that stuff's too wild i'll stick to twitter and, and the internet and all that that old-fashioned stuff since you know it's a, <laughs> apparently it's a thing of the past now but quick shout out oh. before we get into it uh quick shout out to viridian global our proud clothing sponsors uh sponsor uh, you can follow them at Viridian Global on Twitter or ViridianGlobal.com. You can find all the True North Fantasy football gear um, and many other of this massive conglomerate of fantasy football um, groups that are out there. And uh, Jim, speaking of Viridian, I, I think you might have a contest for, for the listeners. Yeah, so it's March Madness. I know that's the wrong sport right here for football, but I'm going mad too, so... Right now, if you buy any gold jacket t-shirt or gold jacket hoodie from Birdie and Global and then DM me the 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 purchase that you've made so I can see, you'll get entry to win a gold jacket flex fit hat by Birdie and Global, man. So um, hoodies, two entries, and t-shirts, one. Love it. That that's awesome. Cannot wait. I definitely gotta get some gold jacket gear going here too. Um, just just went through replacing flooring in my basement, so I gotta re up the old bank account, and that's my next purchase. <laughs> but now <laughs> let's let's get right into it. In one of the more surprising moves that happened uh, very soon after the legal tampering period opened, Aaron Jones 
who everybody wanted to see in uh, the teal Miami Dolphins uniform, re-upped his contract with a four-year deal with the Green Bay Packers. Um, so we'll start with you, Coach Craig. First of all, your immediate reaction, especially if you're an A.J. Dillon owner. And what do you have to say to A.J. Dillon owners, I guess? For me, I, I do have, I think, one share of A.J. Dillon in Dynasty. So, I, you know, it's like you knew he might come back, but at the same time, it's just like if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Um, you had that short window to sell high if you were in there. But I think it's still he's still going to have an increased role as well. And then I think Aaron Jones coming back, I don't have a problem with it. I think he's going to have that same type of role that he's been having, though, overall. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually think that if if Green Bay's done making moves at running back, he may even have more of a role because A.J. Dillon in the past game is yeah, cringeworthy at best, whereas that's where Jamal Williams was able to excel as that three-headed monster. With that in mind, Jim, do you think Green Bay is done at running back, do you do you think they're going to settle with Jones and Dylan, or go looking no, for a pass gotta, catcher? They got to bring in a pass catcher, man. Um, they got to bring in a pass catcher. Like I said earlier on, I know a pass catching running back they were looking into was in case Jamal Williams left was uh, James White, and I know he's had some several interests in from some teams. One of them reported the Tampa Bay. We're returning with Tampa Bay, but I guess uh, I don't know. I, I'd like to see him see him in green bay i think that'd be a pretty good fit um yeah whew, that's pretty rough for some dylan owners i, I was one of them uh, i didn't get any highball offers though on them which was crazy during that one little bit so uh where and my biggest leagues to be honest with you i'm not too i'm not that upset that um uh, Aaron Jones resigned because I actually own both of them, right? I had, I had him as the handcuff anyway in case case Jones went down and I would have had two backs if he would have went to Miami. That would have been sweet, but what are you going to do, right? It's not like if he went to Miami, we'd be talking about a dramatically different situation. You got Miles Gaskin there. They just signed Malcolm Brown. Like we, we could be talking about similar from uh, – from a share standpoint and from a sheer volume perspective, we'd probably be talking about a similar slice of the pie in Miami. I know that Miami just was that intriguing, sexy spot, just like Atlanta kind of is because it's like, who's there? Edo Smith. Like you, you're kind of, you were kind of sitting there like who's, who's really going to compete with Aaron Jones. If, if Miami throws a bunch of money at him, um, as a, as someone who owns no Aaron Jones and no AJ Dillon, um, I don't, it doesn't impact me or it doesn't impact my life, but obviously we know what Aaron Jones is like. Aaron Jones is one of those guys who I've kind of expected regression from. I thought he'd regress a bit this year, but he clearly didn't. He's clearly still a, an absolute monster and Aaron Rodgers is going to lean on him a lot. I think unless they do something at that wide receiver two position, but, um, any more final reaction to the Aaron Jones? Maybe is what's the next domino to fall? Let's talk about the next domino in the running back room to fall. We got Carson, we got Leonard Fournette, we got Kenyon Drake if he's a domino. Um, we got we got a bunch of running backs <laughs> who might be dominoes to fall. Um, who who's the next one to come, Jim? It's probably going to be Leonard Fournette. Uh, I heard he's been linked with Seattle. I don't know if that's a pressure tactic to get Carson to. Uh, sign a deal, but 
really, I think Carson outplayed himself in Seattle. They're not. I don't think. I don't think they're really going to try to pay him. I think they're going to try to squeeze Lenny and like even Lenny. If I was Lenny right now, I'd be trying to get paid. Right, like Super Bowl champion is now on your resume. Fucking get paid. Um, yeah, you, you sell yourself on playoff Lenny. Sell yourself yeah, on that. Those, Absolutely. Those four games, three games, instead of what you were doing before that, instead of the the Jacksonville days. What about you, Coach Craig? What do you What do you got for uh, the next domino to come down on the running back room? I think you're right with the Leonard Fournette one. That's been the one that's at least got the most attention so far. And I think Seattle's interesting. I know he's been linked kind of the Patriots too as well, and we know they've been spending money recently. So. Um, It'd be interesting to see if Atlanta gets involved too, because I think he could be all right there too. Maybe that's the team that gives them the most money, but they don't have a lot of money either. But they did just restructure Matt Ryan's contract today to save like fourteen million dollars as well. Yeah, I saw that Atlanta's too. Who I want like whoever, right? You know, what I mean, if I was a running back, I'd almost kind of just be playing the weight game and like I let am. let one go. You know, what I mean, let another guy sign, right? I think that's kind of what's happening in the wide receiver department right now is all the big domino guys are waiting each other out to see who gets the biggest offer because according to I can't remember who had the uh who had the report but uh the ZSPM reporter texted one of the big name wide receivers, wouldn't say the name, and they said the market sucks for wide receivers right now, despite Kendrick Bourne getting eleven mil and Nelson Aguilar getting twelve and a half million from the Patriots who seem to have like like holes in their pockets and infinite amounts of money just pouring through. Um, <laughs> but with that, we'll transition over to the wide receiver department. I know you didn't want to talk Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, uh, Jim, okay. but any immediate reaction to that? And do you think that there's any reason to think that they will have any type of fantasy impact, especially after the other moves we're going to talk about a little bit later at the tight end position? Uh, no, <laughs> short, short answer. No. Um, like I was talking about before, uh, before we got on, on there, like in the chats, I think the piece that you really want is cam right now. Um, if you could get him, like, I mean, he was throwing pieces in a couple deals that I got in, in last year. Right. So he could be a league winning quarterback for you right now. I don't care. Um, about those two guys, but I definitely care about the other two guys that we'll talk about coming in. You know what I mean? Yeah, but out I mean, of all of them, it's, it's Cam. It's Cam that I want. Like, I don't think he's very accurate, deep ball, whatever, but, like, tight end system seems to, like, fit him pretty well. He did pretty good with Greg Olson, right? Just give him two guys. And, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with that. I think, like, people are underwriting Cam big time in, in this situation because, for me, I'm sitting there and I'm like, you don't have to be able to throw a deep ball to hit some Nelson Aguilar. Probably his value hurts a little bit because his average depth of target with Derek Carr last year was huge, like probably the highest of any receiver Derek Carr's had yet. And his ability to create plays, yards per reception and stuff. He had, I think he had like the second most or third most pass catches of 20 plus yards in the uh, NFL last season. So, I mean, that value might hurt, but I think a lot of people are like, look what Alex Smith did with, I would say argue less weaponry uh, when you look at JD, the main recipients of that, which is JD McKissick and Logan Thomas and stuff like Alex Smith can barely throw past the line of scrimmage. At least Cam Amen. Newton can get, you know, 10 Amen. yards there on the field. 
Hey, I know we should no Alex Slander. Come back. No Alex Slander on here, man. I'm we sorry, love, everywhere sorry. he's been, everybody loves Alex. But I, I actually agree with your point, though. Kendrick Bourne, I don't think it's a whole lot more value to me. Um, I don't think that, that Nelson Aguilar gets much more value to me. And as an Eagles fan, he never had much value after he left Philadelphia and everything that he did there. But, uh, Craig, what about you, your instant reaction to the wide receivers in, in New England? Well, at first when I seen it, they signed John to first, obviously. And I'm like, well, these are these two wide receivers aren't going to bother him too much. So I'm like, oh, he gets a little bit of bump up until everything else that happened today. I think Aguilar is probably a guy maybe you look at more in DFS, maybe as a fill-in wide receiver, kind of like how he was this year. And then Kendrick Bourne, I don't know if he – is he really any better than, you know, Julian Edelman or Jacoby Myers? I don't see the upgrade there at all. So it's like – and I don't th- – they still have – I don't think they cut Edelman yet, correct? No, Edelman's not cut. And apparently Nikhil Harry's on the trade block, which brings up another thing. Thoughts on Nikhil Harry, and if is there a landing spot that would make you have a bit more faith in him again? Is it just New England, or is it actually Nikhil Harry that we're talking about with the the issue with getting it's a things weird going? Move though, right? Like, look at the market. Why would I trade for a guy when I could? You know what I mean? Like, why would I trade for Nikhil Harry when I could maybe sign? Well, I could have signed Marvin. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. would have been like, I would rather have than the kill Harry, but like spend some money then, man. Get like Kenny Galladay, get Juju, get um, even Allen Robinson if he hasn't signed that free agent tender, and I doubt he's going to if Andy Dalton's the solution. But uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'd rather I'd rather be paying, but that, that's just me. Yeah. No, I, I I agree. What were you gonna say, Craig? I think even like that, like you're saying free agency and stuff, like. You can go out and get like a Tim Patrick who's already shown more than Nikhil Harry is. He can, he actually shown the ability to get downfield, make contested catches, and separate. That's the thing we haven't really seen from Nikhil Harry is he's been unable to separate at the NFL level, and it's hard for that to get just better overnight. Definitely. It's not like he's being given an opportunity now in New England either because Nelson Aguilar can separate. And Kendrick Bourne may not be able to separate, but he can make the contested catches and he can do the big guy things that Nikhil Harry hasn't even proved that he can do at the NFL level. I just thought the price tags on those guys was mind-blown considering apparently the wide receiver market, quote-unquote, isn't good. But, <laughs> like, I think that the Patriots just didn't have patience. They wanted to get stuff done. They wanted to spend money and they wanted to fill the holes and the needs. I think a guy like Kenny Galladay, a guy like Will Fuller, a guy like Robinson, if he ends up in the market or whatever, they're going to wait it out. They're going to play the waiting game and they're going to wait and get paid like they know they're worth getting paid. And they see that it's not just one of your contracts flying around right now. There's twos, there's threes, there's fours. So they're sitting there and they're like, I don't want one year at 16 million or one year at 17. We know just as much as the teams know this cap's about to fly up. So we're not going to go cheap here. And and I think that's the issue. There's there's a stalemate with the big names in the wide receiver market. Um, but we'll move forward. Uh, Corey Davis to the Jets. Um, I'll start with this one. I personally think he's going to be the bust of this free agent class of wide receivers. I said it in the TNFF group chat. I think he's going to be the bust. 
of this class. I don't like Corey Davis. There's nothing in his advanced metrics that point to anything worth getting too excited over. This is a guy who's, what, five years deep in the league, no 1,000-yard seasons to his name. He's only played, like, one full 16-game season. I don't see him as any better than what they got from Prashad Perriman last year. I really don't see it, but they spent way more money on Corey Davis in this situation. Um, that's my immediate reaction and my belief. I think if you were Corey Davis owner, your best time to sell probably was last year when he was really spiking and giving you those those really boom games because it was, it was mixed in with a few rougher weeks as well. Um, but I've never been able to get behind Corey Davis. Like even last year wasn't a, a boom, boom to me compared to what people have been hyping up that this guy's going to do and what he's going to become. Um, Craig, your, your reaction. I think the biggest thing with Corey Davis too, is you kind of said that inconsistency and in playing with Tennessee, you kind of had that a little bit more in that run heavy offense. So it'd be really interesting to look and see what this Jets offense looks like and who the quarterback is. So I think that's the biggest thing for him. If they don't bring in anybody else, I think he's still the number one option. If he gets like seven targets a game, I think it'll be relevant, but it might just be like wide receiver three relevancy once again. Uh, might Maybe just a little bit more consistency. So I think kind of like you were saying, if you want to sell him, it might have been too late, but I think you probably still sell him to people now, you know, off that hype. Hey, he's going to be the number one for the Jets, but or you could wait till you're in the season. He has one big week and then try to sell him as well because he's been known to have those big weeks. Yeah, he's more of, for me, he's more of a best ball guy. Oh, he's not someone I'd want in Dynasty that I want to kind of see what happens or, or whatever, which week do you really want to start him? What were your thoughts on Corey Davis to the Jets, uh, Jim? It's a weird move to me. Uh, it wasn't the type of wide receiver I th- thought they would have went with. Um I don't see him being the one, actually. I see uh, the other guy that looks very similar to him and plays a little better, Denzel Mims, be in that role. But, um, yeah, no, I thought they would have went with, like, a smaller like a smaller speed guy to try to compliment <clears throat> Mims. But, fuck, I guess, like even Craig said, like, we're going to have to first see who the quarterback is. I still think it should be Sam Darnold. Um, the only way it shouldn't be Sam Darnold is if they're throwing Sam Darnold and a couple draft picks to get Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. Uh, but what did Watson say? He wants the 49ers or Broncos, uh, Broncos right? So I guess, mm-hmm. fuck, they're out. Um, I'd be throwing some money at, at Russell Wilson then and the Seahawks, right? Like a couple draft picks and, and Sam Darnold, see if I can get that done. If and you don't reportedly, want reportedly the Bears were heavy on, on Russell Wilson before the Dalton sign and, and the Seahawks weren't budging, despite it feels like the team's falling apart around them because they're not signing free agents and Shaq Griffin's out and it just feels like people are, are jumping ship and, and Russell Wilson called the team out and this situation came up. Um but yeah, I agree. Like right now, there's too many question marks in, in New York, at, especially at the quarterback position. I mean, the the people who you're most relying on as a wide receiver is the quarterback. And when you don't know what the situation looks like, I agree with you, Jim. It should be Sam Darnold. I don't think he got a fair shake with Adam Gaze. Look at the situation. Look at Ryan Tannehill. 
for example. Look what he turned into in Tennessee when he was given the opportunity. Look at anyone who left Miami and Adam Gaze's reign of terror that he had. They all seem to emerge from from seemingly out of nowhere, even though the talent was always there with Adam Gaze, the quarterback whisperer who can't seem to whisper to himself. Well, I guess he's actually pretty good at that. But um, ultimately... <laughs> I, I, I still don't love the Corey Davis move. Uh, I think he's, he's the best ball guy for me. He's a guy who's going to give you your booms. He's going to give you your bust weeks. But I don't think he's going to be able to consistently stand as a wide receiver one or wide receiver two in fantasy like people might expect with that money and that opportunity in New York. Um, but on to the next big signing. And, well, I guess it's as big as it gets. Marvin Jones to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I know there's some hype building around there because Jones is going back with uh, his old um, offensive coordinator who he had a pretty awesome year with a few years back to the tune of, I believe, 700 yards and nine touchdowns. Um, your your reaction to this, Jim, and the situation in Jacksonville in general, there's rumors of DJ Chark being shot. There's, oh, it, yeah. I don't like it's, <laughs> it seems like a bit of a mess for Trevor Lawrence being the sure thing coming in. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the rumors of DJ Chark being traded that was one of those wild rumors that got called out. Um, maybe it's true. Fuck, I don't know, but. I was on the Visca train to to be to be all honest with you in Jacksonville. Still am. Uh, I like Marvin Jones in in Jacksonville. I think that's I think that is a good fit. I think he is a he's a perfect uh, complimentary wide receiver that can also mentor uh, guys like Chark and Visca. Um, a little sad as a Chiefs fan. I was hoping that was one of the two wide receivers that could come to the Chiefs way because I'm a little greedy. But uh, yeah. Man, I guess uh, it's a good it's a good fit for fantasy, man. Uh, I definitely think it's a good fit for fantasy. Um, well, who else they signed? Carlos Hyde. So it's like really, I think it's going to be J. Rob, um, one of the Visker Chark. I mean, throw a dart and hope to God you get the right one. And the compliment piece is going to be MJJ, man. And uh, I think that's definitely going to be a thing. Absolutely. Right. I mean, especially when you look at the situation at tight end, you have no, at, at present, there's no tight end. There's no threat to red zone work. Josh <laughs> we haven't been waiting on him for three years now, but like Marvin yeah. Jones, like he's a red zone guy. He, he, when, yeah. when the end zone's there, he goes and he gets that touchdown for you. So as long as there's no real threat to those red zone targets, which at this present point, there really isn't beyond James Robinson and red zone touches or Carlos Hyde and goal line touches. There's really no threat to Marvin Jones and getting to get in, you know, eight to 10 touchdowns again this year. Like he's seemingly been doing year over year um, and being a pretty good value pick. Cause he's probably going to end up being a guy who's down there at wide receiver 30, 40, 50, like in the wide receiver three, four department. Um, what was your reaction to that one, Craig? Well, I know like when Daryl Bevel went there first as the offensive coordinator, Marvin Jones expressed an interest in reuniting with him. So I was kind of on this one for a little while. I think it's very interesting overall because Marvin Jones, we've seen the inconsistency with him as well over the years. So he might be another guy that's probably a little bit better suited for best ball. Um, I think him and Chark are going to kind of go back and forth. They kind of play a similar role. I think Marvin Jones coming in, though, you know, he's a pretty good contested catch guy, too. And I think that's something that Trevor Lawrence actually needs 
because he's always had a guy like that when he was at Clemson too, whether, um, you know, it was like Ross, even, even, you know, uh, Murray Rogers, he could go out and get the ball, even though he's not the biggest guy, he's not going to win contested catches, but if you throw the ball near him, he was going to go get it. And that's what I think, especially with a rookie quarterback, even if it's Trevor Lawrence and you think he's generational, you still need somebody to go get the ball. So I think it's good for him. I have a little bit of fear with LaVisca Chanel now just because they bring in him. And then the one that nobody's going to like be blown away by was that Jamal Agnew one, which he got <laughs> overpaid way too much. But Daryl Bevel must love that kid for some reason. And he was their gadget player in Detroit. So I think they're going to draw up gadget plays for him, which is going to take away from some of the other gadget plays for LaVisca Chanel. And that's kind of my worry. Like I would think if you're using LaVisca Chanel, like one of the things that I didn't like last year, is you know you could use him in a lot of different ways, and uh, Jay Gruden he wasn't doing it. They weren't lining him up in the backfield. They weren't running like little reverses or anything like that for him. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that concern. I can definitely see that concern because you don't bring these guys in who have links to this offensive coordinator without that offensive coordinator expressing the interest and in going to Urban Meyer or going to management saying, "Hey, I want this guy. Look what I can do with him. I can do the same thing with when Trevor Lawrence is here." And, and I feel like it's definitely a concern that, that's there. Um, and, and you know, with a new regime coming in, like you, sometimes you have to worry about what are, what are they going to do? Are they going to push somebody else? Out? What's the plan? But, I mean, Chanel had some decent uh, draft capital value to him for the Jaguars, so I'm sure they'll hopefully try and get, get him involved in stuff. I think D.D. Westbrook being out of the picture and stuff definitely helps. Um, because you can find more things for those guys to do. Um, but as of right now, I mean, I think all the Jaguars wide receivers are going to come with some decent value. I think Chanel will probably end up being the first one off the board in most drafts. And then after that, I mean, Chark probably just behind Chanel. And then, like, you, Marvin Jones will be way down there. He's always way down there. But like you said, right he's now, always he's probably – Wide receiver 59. 59 exactly even then <laughs> even if he's better suited for best ball i think that's spot on a great spot to grab him if you want to go and grab him in the wide receiver 50s or you're throwing darts go go ahead because marvin jones is guaranteed to give you some touchdowns in the right situations and be just a, a ball hawk a red zone monster he just has a nose for that end zone and he probably i think he averages something close to seven touchdowns a year or eight touchdowns a year so you can guarantee it's just picking the game where he's actually going to do it in is a tougher decision to make. That's that's the situation there. Um, moving on to the final major sign-in, which isn't really major, but it looks like John Brown's replacement in Buffalo, and that's Emmanuel Sanders to the Buffalo Bills. We can probably make this quick and painless. Um Let's start with you, Jim. You're a big Gabe Davis believer. There's a lot of people starting to write him off and get upset that, that yeah. about this move. What is your personal opinion? Um, if anything, it doesn't knock Gabe Davis, right? I mean, I don't. I think it's a lateral move at anything for him instead of giving him the boost, right? But he still had what, like 700 yards and seven touchdowns or something like that last year. I'd have to double check the, the stats real quick, but like he didn't. He didn't have a shabby year. People liked it, right? So, if anything, and I'm not really worried about a 33, 34-year-old wide receiver changing teams. I know I've bit me in the ass before a couple of times, but, like, <laughs> I'm not really that worried about 
you know, he's 33, 34. Um, he's a good wide receiver, but I don't think he's going to be like the the uh, fantasy relevant wide receiver that you need. I still think the red zone weapon is is going to be Gabe Davis, if anything, right? Like him and Josh Josh Allen have built a rapport. Him and like Stefan Diggs, right? He has the leg up on that. He has the chemistry already. Why? Why would it, I don't see why he'd have a dip? You know what I mean? Like if anything, it would just be even keel, and he didn't get the bump that everyone hoped he'd be going to get, but. If it if it if this creates a dip in his value and all of a sudden Emmanuel Sanders pushed him down to like a, a throwing piece again, grab him because uh, it's a one year deal and you're going to be happy if you're happy with him last year. Yeah, especially like and Cole Beasley's still there. A lot of people like don't realize like the rapport is built between those three. That's your core. Emmanuel Sanders is just coming in as that weapon, and as we're going to get into later, Lee Smith got moved. And there's a rumor that the Bills are making a push on Zach Ertz. So, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders is almost going to have, in my opinion, he's going to have almost zero relevancy. He's just like, just to say, look at the steps that we have. Look at these options that we have. If you want to cover those two guys, guess what? I got more guys to throw to. And Josh Allen, we saw the way he played this year and stuff. And, and I think that the more weapons, the better for the guy, because if he has to turn away from someone, he's got somebody else to turn to. And this is a smart play by the, uh, by the bills because I mean, John Brown was due, I think eight to $10 million this year. They dumped him, got all that cap back and are probably, I don't never saw the numbers on Sanders, but it's probably really cheap because Sanders is about to not have a job for a very long time. Uh, while the rest of the free agents signed. Um, I just want to, you guys think like his catch percentage is going to go up? Cause like I do, I think he's going to have a better catch percentage than like 50%, 55% than what he had. So like, that'll give him a nice little bump too. I don't think, you know, I don't think it's going to be all contested balls that they're going to be throwing his way. What are your thoughts, Craig? And even with like what you're just saying there, Jim, too, uh, he had a lot of deep targets this year too. So you're not going to hit on as many deep targets. So if he gets worked in in a little bit more, even if it's just not in the deep game, like his average yards per catch might go down, but he could still be more relevant in that regard. I'm not really worried about Emmanuel Sanders. I pretty much wrote him off this year and he was only halfway relevant because Michael Thomas didn't exist most of the year. So I'm not really too worried about him. Once again, I'd be more worried if they add like a legitimate running back or illegitimate tight end to because they'll be using them more often because they went four wide they went four wide receiver sets a lot this year so if they're still going four wide receiver sets gabriel davis is going to be on the field but if you add like a mm-hmm. legitimate running back that could take him off the field then that's where i'm a little bit more concerned i can see that i can definitely see that concern i know that the uh the bills are our team of interest for the running back position because for the last two years they They've drafted running backs who seemingly haven't been able to do a whole lot for them. So they're back in the running back market yet again. But how much they're in that running back market, I mean, that, like you said, do they get enough usage out of those running backs to just be like, I'm fine with three, four hundred from this guy, three, four hundred from this guy, a couple hundred from Josh Allen, and then our passing game. Like, if you get a guy, like, if you bring in a tight end like Zach Ertz, you really need to bring a focus to your run game. This is an air raid NFL now. Everyone's going to the air if you have a good running back. Like, how often are you going to get a Derrick Henry? 
coming around? How often are you going to get some of these guys coming around who make you solely turn your focus more to the run game or like the Baltimore situation where you had Dobbins and Ingram and Edwards and Jackson and you got the opportunity for multiple thousand-yard rushers? For, for, for me, I just don't think that the Bills are going to feel that at need to, to go after running back as much as a fantasy community would like. Because fantasy community obviously has these these dreamed up scenarios that we want to see that it's like, oh, if someone landed in 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 uh, Buffalo, imagine what they could do. But I'm sitting there and I'm looking and I'm like, but do you really want that? Because then if you have another piece of that Buffalo Bills pie, are you really going to be happy with the move to bring in a running back who takes touches away, takes yards away, takes the ability for passing game plays away? As, as my personal belief on, on, on that front. And I, I feel like the Bills probably think a similar way. We can bring in another one. We can see what happens. But we've always had three or four deep at that position. Never seen to turn into much. We've been able to do more with Josh Allen and more in that fashion. Um, but let's move into the remaining wide receiver free agents and get some opinions on that. Uh, quickly before moving into tight ends. So there's Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller, and Juju, um, the main names on the market. Um, for Kenny Galladay, apparently the Jets and Dolphins were leading the way a while back, according to Tony Pauline. What happened there, I don't know, because I feel like the Jets may not be in on it, although I would still be in on it if I was the Jets. Um who do you think's the first one to sign, and where is the ideal landing spot? We'll start with you, Craig. Depending on the money, I could see Will Fuller being the first one to sign because I think if somebody offers him the right amount of money, he's just going to go get grab it. Uh, and he is the guy out of these three that I think wants to have the best opportunity to, like the mo- whatever is the most available opportunity. Because the longer he waits, the more jobs close up. And I think that limits his upside as well. And then, like, even if he did, like, a short-term contract, then it could limit him towards the future and getting another contract, too. A lot of people don't really realize that he's just turning 27 in April, too. So it's not like he's old. He's he's still got a couple more seasons before, before he turns 30. Obviously, everybody has the concerns with the injuries and everything, too. Um, I could see Juju signing early, too, as well, if some team offers him a ton of money, but I could also see him being the guy that waits the longest too. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I think I, I've been touting it for a while. I think Juju to Tennessee makes the most sense and it just keeps making more and more sense to me. Juju in the slot. And then you got Ferks or there's your other tight end. You got AJ Brown and then you go out and you draft a, a, a long game guy in the draft on day two or day three. There's plenty of them there. I know um, Jim loves Jonathan Adams. That's a guy who could fit the mold there in Tennessee. There's a guy like Marquez uh, Stevenson uh, from Houston. He's a guy who could fit that mold there too, who could be that outside receiver that doesn't take away from Juju or A.J. Brown. You can have three really good wide receivers that complement each other. I think Juju to Tennessee, and they just opened up $15 million with the release of Kelly and Jackson there on their, the defensive side of the ball although they did sign Janoris Jenkins, but I'm sure that wasn't for a ton of money. Um, that's that's my dream landing spot. And I'm a big Juju guy. I love Juju, so I'd love to see him go some ways. I like the idea of Juju in, in New York with the Jets. 
Um, I just like him in a position where he gets to be that slot receiver, that wide receiver. He can be a one when you need him, but he can be a two. You know, he doesn't have to be that wide receiver one. The alpha, like the expectation will be of Allen Robinson and, and Kenny Galladay. Um, Jim, what of those three pieces intrigues you the most and best landing spot for fantasy? So the one that intrigues me the most is Juju. I've been saying it for a while. I would love to see him in Green Bay. Um, I don't see it happening. Again, Green Bay didn't take any of the wide receivers they had a shot at last year as rookies, so I don't see why they'd pay a guy to be the two now. But fuck, man. I think he'd look really good in golden green. I know I seem to be coming back to like James White and now Juju. It seems to be a pretty hot spot for me to really want to go. Um, but I think the first guy that's going to sign is really Kenny Galladay. And I think he's going to hit uh, a one-year, like $16, $17 million deal. Um, as a prove it. He knows the cap's going to go up. And I think he's going to sign fast to any team that he sees a target opportunity for, right, where he's going to get a big share. Yeah, I can see that too. I mean, Kenny Galladay, he, he, him and Robinson were the two that I was most intrigued by because they're alphas. I don't, I don't love Kenny Galladay. I own zero shares because his ADP was always through the roof. His ADP was always just so damn high that I could never, I could never get behind it. And that, that was my issue with Galladay and never investing in him. But, like, you know Galladay's going to be an alpha. He feasted on the targets in Detroit. He just ate on targets. Like, you had to throw him the ball maximum amount of times to get maximum production from him. And that's the same as Allen Robinson. Um, so, yeah, I think Kenny Galladay, he knows. He knows his worth. He knows that someone may not take the shot at, at, a, lo- at a long-term deal with him because, I mean, he's had the injuries he's coming off back like a 1000 yard season, but that that's really all he's got to his resume. He was well on pace to do something again in 2020, but was plagued by injuries. So he knows one year, 16 million could lead to four or five years at around 20 million. If, if he waits it out properly and, and goes to the spot where he can be that alpha. And one spot that intrigued me was Jacksonville for him. I think they still need an alpha. Marvin Jones is a good guy, but Marvin Jones is not an alpha. He's not a guy who's going to demand attention and demand targets. I liked Galladay and Robinson there. Um, I liked Galladay uh, to the New York Jets. I like him to the New York Giants as well. But the issue with the New York Giants is Dave Gettleman is completely lost out there. He doesn't seem to know a damn thing of what he's doing. So I can't get behind that. But um any more opinions for you guys on those three guys before we move on to someone and another very intriguing wide receiver? I, th- I think what you said uh, with Juju with the Titans makes a lot of sense to me because I think, you know, when they first got Adam Humphreys, they wanted him to play that slot role and he just never panned out. And then this year he had the whole concussion issue too. And even like the way you were kind of drawing up too, I think, and, you know, A.J. Brown, Juju in the slot, and then draft a young wide receiver. I think Diami Brown out of North Carolina would be a perfect fit for that system. I'm not too high on him myself personally, but I think in that system, what you're looking for, that role, he'd be the perfect fit for that. Kenny Galladay, I can see both sides. I could see him take a short contract, or I could see him take a long contract since he is 28 already, So, and he has that injury concern, so maybe he wants a little bit more security overall if some team is willing to give it to him or – if he gets a lot of guaranteed money somewhere. So I could, that's part of the reason I see him maybe waiting a little bit longer. And because he's the guy out of these three, that's 
the, a clear number one that pretty much on any team that he goes to. Absolutely. I completely agree. Um, we'll move on. This is what one last one. Let's just fantasize about it. So Andy Dalton is going to Chicago. Allen Robinson has clearly voiced his discontent by the rumors swirling that he will not sign the franchise tag and he wanted the quarterback position addressed. And I don't think Andy Dalton is anywhere near what he thought was the addressing of the position that they were supposed to do. Um, Jim, you're on mute, but if you unmute yourself, I'll give you first shot at Allen Robinson and your opinion on him not signing that. And do you think the Bears will get a long-term oh. deal done? No, I don't think they're going to. I'm sorry, I was muted because I didn't want to laugh while you are talking over it. And no, man, he's not going to sign. Andy Dalton's not, not who they wanted. They swung and they missed for Russell Wilson, right? I don't know how you have Deshaun Watson name you as a place that you would want to play and you don't get them. Get out of here, man. Sell the fences because, like, that's, like, the dom- – that right there is, like – setting them right off, right? Like, now you're going to probably lose A-Rob. Better scramble to keep Anthony Miller, I guess. Um, whew. Man, like. Poor Darnell Marie shares, man. Two, oh. No, but, like, two swings at an elite wide receiver or elite quarterback to keep your elite wide receiver. That's right. I said elite. And, um, oh, you swung and you missed, man. And, like, it was, it was wide open for you. Like, no offense to Andy Dalton. That's, like – Man, he's a, it's a bridge cap. That's not they're not on the same tier as as either one of those two quarterbacks I just mentioned. Like, oh, I'm so, I feel bad for Allen Robinson. You know what you should do is if you want to play with a quarterback. You should just Brett Veach make something happen and let's sign a one year deal. Play with Pat Mahomes. <laughs> You're so excited. Fifteen million, man. Like we can we can pay him. Trust me, <laughs> he can make it happen. We'll f- you'll figure it out. We will we'll dream. This is a guy who wants Kyle Pitts. He wants Alan Robinson, Marvin Jones. Just <laughs> fill him up. We've been, fill linked, him we've, up. Been linked, we've been linked to Zach Ertz, I heard. <laughs> that I did here too. Trent Williams, like all these high priced free agents, they're going to figure out a way to fit him in there. Um, Craig, you your, your opinion on Alan Robinson before we move to tight end? See, I don't think he's going to sign long term deal. You know, they had like 17 months to do this and they haven't done it. You know, and it was a big deal. Like in the middle of the season, he took all his Bears stuff off of like Twitter and Instagram. And then like the next three games, he looked like he just didn't give a crap out there on the field, honestly. And then he started picking up again because he's like, oh, I'm going to be a free agent. So now I got to look good. So other teams will sign me. And then they tagged him. And I I, I don't see any way he signs this tag. I think I predicted Andy Dalton was going to go there. But like. I don't think that's the reason for him to stay. I think another name that would have been interesting too to check on for quarterback would have been Derek Carr because the Raiders just got rid of his whole offensive line. So he's got to be pissed right now. If I was him, I'd be requesting a trade. But, and you know, John Gruden already loves Mar- Marcus Mariota, anyways, for whatever reason. But that's another name that I would try to go get before I signed Andy Dalton. But supposedly the 49ers were interested in Andy Dalton too. So maybe they're like, oh crap, we got to get somebody, better get him real. You know, it's that knee-jerk reaction. You want to grab somebody before somebody else does it because somebody else is interesting. Yeah, that feels yeah. like the way the market's going at a lot of the positions right now, quarterback, 
wide receiver, tight end. It's like, I just want to get this guy. I got money to spend, and I know half the league doesn't. So they're just going crazy for, for this stuff. And it, to me, it's weird. This was not the way I pictured this, this offseason going when we realized so many teams had like $15, $20 million, $25 million to their name. Like this definitely wasn't how I, I was picturing it going. But the, the people with money are splurging. But they're splurging on weird options. Like, just, just like we talked about with the Patriots, such weird options. You go for Aguilar and Bourne, but you don't want to splurge on a guy who will produce what the two of them will produce together, like Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller. <laughs> like, you don't want to – you want to invest $23 million in, or $20 million in those two guys, but you don't want to invest like $14, 15000000 million in a guy who's going to produce the same amount. As two guys, I don't know. It's just a weird, weird thought process going on. But we're going to move to the tight ends next. But before we do that, a quick word from our sponsors over at Monkey Knife Fight. If you want the best DFS player prop games in the industry, jump onto Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight is sweeping the nation right now, and we at True North are proud to be doing it along with them. They've got games for all sports and skill levels that are sure to keep you on the edge of your seat with endless opportunity to watch your winnings pile up. With our promo code TNFF, Monkey Knife Fight will match your first deposit up to $50. So sign up now with our promo code and you can get up to $50 of free money to start making some bank. Again, that's monkeyknifefight.com and the promo code is TNFF at your first deposit to start playing today. All right, on to the tight ends. The far more interesting part of the show because we don't have to talk about who's left because there's not much left. Um, but let's start with, obviously, the New England Patriots who went all out and signed Jonu Smith on day one. And on day two, they came back around and grabbed Hunter Henry, uh, looking to kind of rebirth the Aaron Hernandez, Rob Gronkowski, uh, of a few years back, um, just with an far inferior quarterback, uh, throwing the ball to them. Um, so first of all, let's get, let's get the overall opinions and sentiments on the Patriots situation. Do you want John Smith? Do you want Hunter Henry? Do you want no part of this Patriots defense like me, who still has no clue who, what piece of the defense or offense to really want? We'll start with you, Craig. I think with these two guys, um, I was a little bit more excited about Johnny before Hunter Henry signed this morning, but like just looking at him now, I'm like, okay, so if you can grab him like the last round of like your redraft, or if you're playing a best ball draft towards the end of the draft, that's the only way I'm getting them. And maybe one of, you know, Hunter Henry does have a history of getting hurt. So maybe Johnny pays off in that way, but you know, you're, it's going to be so hard to predict which week these guys, you know, which week one of these guys goes off overall. Uh, I think John is going to be involved in multiple different ways. Look at how they used Aaron Hernandez in the past, in the backfield, out in the slot. I remember the one playoff game where he played against the Texans, and I literally cried because Cunningham couldn't cover him to save his life because they just kept putting him all over the place, and they just ran with him the whole time. I think John can do that a lot. The Hunter Henry one to me was just weird. Like, I don't, I wouldn't pay him more than $10 million just with his injury history. I think he's a decent tight end, but – for fantasy, he's really just touchdown reliance. So I think he's the one that probably gets hurt the most. 
Yeah, I can definitely see that with Hunter Henry because John U. Smith, he, he was one of those guys who had a nose for the end zone last year. He had a 20% touchdown rate last year. I think it was absurdly high. And it, if that can be repeated, that's tough to say. But like, definitely, I agree. John U. Smith, comparable to like a, a light version of, of Aaron Hernandez because he can create so much after the catch and he can be put out wide in the slot. We saw him used out of the backfield in Tennessee. So if Bill Belichick can get creative, I I, I like Johnu more than Hunter Henry as well. Um, what about you, Jim? I like Cam out of the deal. Um, like I said, like which ones are going to be, you don't know. It's going to be Belichick's. You know it. I know it. It's going to happen. Um, the odds of them both being fantasy viable on a week is fucking slim to none, I would say. But Cam, right? It helps Cam. I would expect more completions for Cam and more running opportunities for Cam. So Cam Newton is the one out of that entire deal that I've just been quietly happy for and the minority on too. Like people are really, really overestimating the fact of like one, how hard it is to probably learn Bill Belichick's system. And two, the guy had COVID last year. They're like, oh no, he's shit. He's washed. He's totally shit. I'm like, Listen, I'm not saying he's 2011, 2012 Cam, but I'm also saying he's not 2020 Cam. Like there's, there's a he's somewhere in the middle there. Um, you know what I mean? Like people are right, right they just wide writing him off, man. And I'm like, COVID does a lot to a body. He took off what two weeks, three weeks, something like that. It was not a lot of time, and he was back in, a, in an already complicated system. And he even said it himself. He equated it to like. Uh, you go on a road trip, and I'm following you, Connor, and I stop to get something to eat, and I say, you keep going on, and you go on, and then I eat, go get whatever I'm getting, but I'm always a little bit behind you. And that's what he equated getting COVID in the middle of the year was. So, And a weird off season too, right? Like the whole thing was weird. Coming yeah. in learning a new system like that, like, come on, man. Whew. Absolutely. I can get behind that. I can agree with that. And the value that you're going to get on Cam Newton is probably going to be absurd. Like I can imagine he's probably going to go down in the ballpark of like the Derek Cars of the world, the Andy Daltons of the world. He's probably going to be somewhere down there, tight end 15 to or quarterback 15 to 20 in that range. And, and that's a massive value, especially if you're doing a super flex league, the value you can get on just waiting on a quarterback and waiting for Cam Newton and, and what could transpire and develop there. Um, my my question to you guys is, are we buying the Anthony Ferkser hype, the little hype train that's building? I just want to point out, I put the I put the, the tweet out earlier today. He had an 18% hog rate, which ranked number two among tight ends. For anyone who doesn't know what hog rate is, because I did explain it on Twitter for someone, it is the amount of times you see a target per actual physical snap not per route run per snap you play on the field which is absurd so 18 percent of the time he was on the field he saw a target so are we to believe that ryan Tannehill has a lot of faith in him and that he can be like step into that john U. smith role and and be a surprise tight end i will start with you jim on this one uh no i'm really looking at like now the draft i'm not going to get into the hype here uh i want to stay steady at what if they even bring in a wide receiver who knows man they might bring in bring in another wide receiver to replace the Corey davis 
Um, everybody jumps to conclusions, right, with uh, target share opportunities and and dreams of glorified uh, touchdown dances by by their favorite superstars, like myself and myself included, right, with that John who hype right away. I was like, oh yeah, John who's gonna bump with Cam. And then 24 hours later, I'm like, fuck it. I just want Cam. Like, it, it, it changes so fast. So I'm just going to wait to see how these last dominoes fall in free agency. And really, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they, uh, if they they draft, like, a tight end, like a Brevin Jordan, maybe, or, or Pat Fryermuth, right? So you never know. What about you, Craig? Um, I don't – I just have to see what else they do first, honestly. And for all we know, they could bring in another tight end. Maybe they bring in like a Gerald Everett, who I believe Matt LaFleur was with the Rams when he was there. And then he went on the Titans. And it's still, this offense is still kind of predicated off of some of that stuff, too, and to a tight end sets and everything like that. So I think he's an interesting name that could go there. They did bring back uh, Jeff Swaim today. They, I believe they're bringing back McCole Pruitt, too, as well. Uh, Swaim's more of a swing tight end if you want to call it the guy that lines up at fullback in motion all that stuff too really good blocker but it just depends on how often these guys actually get on the field too and then what else they add like i said absolutely no that that's a, i like that i, I mean tell you calm down i mean there is a little bit of hype building a small hype train but obviously it's not like anything like john who was for the 24 hours like like jim was saying there um Gronk back to Tampa. Is there really anything that we have to say about that? I don't know if anyone has an opinion on Gronk returning to Tampa and running it back. I like it for Gronk. Great familiarity. Uh, come back with with Tom, with, uh, Tom Brady. Right? I think that was all predicated on Tom restructuring a deal and saying he wanted to stay and wanted to play, right? So I think if Tom was really done, because I think they could have got out from him after that, right? He could have walked away in the sunset with mm-hmm. So him restructuring a deal and saying, what did he, four more years? But that's not really going to be four years. But says he wants to play this year, and I'm sure he he uh, knocked on Rob's door and told him he wanted him back. Oh, 100%. So, I mean, the and the value on Gronk is going to be probably pretty solid because year over year you're sitting there saying, is he coming back? Is he not coming back? So you're not going to go and invest a high draft pick or anything, especially if you're in a startup league. And if you're in a jam at tight end, you can probably get him pretty cheap. Like, I don't, I don't think I'd even give up a third-round pick. That's the worst part about it for him. Craig, any, oh. any opinion on that? Yeah, nothing. There's an interesting point. This might be a decent time to buy Gronk, too. Not that I think he's going to do a lot next year, but O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait, they're both about $6 million, and they I believe both of them have, don't have a dead cap. So if they really get cash-strapped, one of those two guys could be cut real easy. And you know, Or if O.J. Howard doesn't come back all the way from his injury real, real good, I think there could there's a path to Gronk being a little bit more successful, you know, have a little bit more value than he does right now. Uh, otherwise, like I'm probably not drafting him in redraft. I'll probably play him in DFS, but that's about it. Yeah, I, I'm definitely aboard the free OJ train. If they want to free that six million dollars or whatever money up, I want to see him go somewhere where he might be able to have an opportunity. I'm still part of that. I'm still waiting for that. Um 
Next up, I get we'll talk about because we'll it's it was the latest rumor and the latest thing that was happening before we came on the air, and that's the Bills traded Lee Smith, and this started a whirlwind of rumors. Zacherts. So earlier today, the Philadelphia Eagles, after engaging with teams and probably not getting the value that they wanted out of it, have agreed with Ertz and his agent to allow him to go and find his own trade partner, and they'll work on the trade from there. And this Lee Smith trade sparked the rumors that the Buffalo Bills are going for Zach Ertz. But of course, somebody leaves a position, you automatically, there's automatically this assumption somebody's got to fill the void. Um, So first of all, I guess we'll go with Zach Ertz. Where do you think Zach Ertz ends up? And do you put anything to these rumors of the Buffalo Bills? We'll start with you, Craig. Uh, I don't think the bill, it doesn't seem like a move the bills would make, honestly. Yeah. Since Brandon Bean's been there, he's done a lot of like under the radar moves, whether it's in free agency or trade. Well, trades be outside of Stefan Diggs. Let's put it that way. But uh, I don't see it. I think maybe obvious. One of the obvious ones is the Colts with Carson Wentz. You know, they already have some familiarity there as well. The only tight end I believe they have under contract right now is Jack Doyle, who actually is a little bit more expensive than you think he'd be. So you could even end up cutting him if you could trade for Zach Ertz. I think that's probably one of the best fits. Obviously, you know, Jacksonville could use a tight end. There's a couple other teams here and there too, but there's not like one spot like you just point on and it's quite, that's it either. No, I agree. The tight end position is is a tough one. It's it's definitely a, a spotty one, and and where you want someone to land, and what you think they'll do for the versus the expectation versus the reality of what happens. We we've, we've looked for this multiple times with tight ends. They get moved somewhere, uh, a la Austin Hooper, for example, and it's like, oh my god, he he gets paid, he gets an opportunity, and he's never going to be anything more than a pipe dream back in in. Atlanta in a pass heavy offense. Um, so Zach Ertz for me, I get, I agree with you. The one that makes most sense is going to Indy with uh, his old offensive coordinator and his old quarterback, Carson Wentz, who loved the pepper the hell out of him with targets. And right now, T.Y. Hilton's not back there. It's Michael Pittman. It's Paris Campbell, who's got a laundry list of injuries. Um, so, I mean, that creates a situation there where it's like, maybe there's an opportunity there where he can fit. And there's, there's obviously the LA chargers is another one, um, with Hunter Henry gone in a massive void there at the tight end position, despite the little, little hype train building around Donald Parham there. Um, Jim, your, your thoughts on Zach Ertz landing spot. Why can't he go to Tennessee? Um, no, I don't think he's going to Buffalo. Could he? Could he? Could he? Uh, there's actually a tight end that nobody seems to really be talking about that I think is going to be sneaky. He has some value. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, I actually think, would be a nice play if Buffalo was looking to bring in a tight end. You know, um, Definitely going to be cheaper than Ertz. Uh, could do the same thing as Ertz. And uh, like we alluded to too, anyway. Like, do they even really need it? Like, they run a lot of like three and four wide sets. Like, they got Dawson Knox. You don't really need two, two guys. I mean, even if they bring in Zach Ertz, is he going to be ahead of Stefan Diggs in the pecking order? Is he going to bump Definitely. Cole Beasley out on third downs? Like when, when Josh Allen's looking to move the ball on a third down, is it going to be Beasley or is it going to be Ertz? I don't really see the value. Uh, myself but again I've been the minority on a lot of these things like I didn't see like I don't see the value 
skyrocketing with Terry McLaurin with Fitz, but I mean, like, that's just me. Like, I don't, I don't see it personally, but like, I, like I said, I'm the minority on a lot of things. So who knows? Zach Ertz might be good there. It could be because the it. last picture of Ryan Fitzpatrick you remember is his face being pulled off and him completing a pass like 30 yards down the field. I don't know. Maybe people think that Ryan Fitzpatrick's just always got magic in his arm and, and that never is going to wear off. I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I can see that too. Like Ertz is one of those guys, like as an Eagles fan, I saw he doesn't produce with yards after the catch. He produces just a guy who gets peppered with targets. He gets eight yards, turns around to run, gets an extra yard, and gets smacked to the ground. Can't break tackles, can't do anything as far as what we want to see in a tight end in the NFL right now. I love Zach Ertz, respect the hell out of him, and love him to death for everything that he did, especially for the 2017 Super Bowl run. But he's just not what you're looking for in the tight end in the NFL nowadays. If you can't produce after the catch, if you're not producing for me, if I have to give you 10 targets a game for you to produce – six 50 yards 60 yards for me that just it just ain't gonna work and and that's the issue with Zach Ertz and and he's gonna look to get paid or try and take advantage and of a tight heavy tight end market next season and stuff maybe even when he gets traded he might look to get an extension done um but I just don't know if it's there I don't know if the worth is there the guy's getting into his 30s as well so um, any other tight ends you guys want to mention before we move on to the end of the show? No, I touched on Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> Anybody? Um, any? What about any wide receiver you guys want to talk about before we before we call this a show? He's not a free agent, but a guy that I like that you can get really, really cheap is uh, Antonio Gandy Golden. I think uh, he'd fit really good with Fitz, to be honest with. And he's the two, right? He's not going to get the number one coverage on on a guy, so because he's got Terry there, I think he's the bigger body fit. Goes up for the Yolo balls. Definitely. What about you, Craig? Um, that Gandy Golden one's kind of interesting too that you bring him up because he was a small school guy too, and usually they take a year or two. You know, they take a year or two to actually adjust to the NFL level overall. I think even when you were talking back to Ryan Fitzpatrick before. Terry McLaurin will see a bump up, but it's not just because of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think some of it's just because he's going to have that same quarterback playing the whole time. And then last year they reported that he played with two high ankle sprains. So if he's healthy, he's going to play better. That's it's not just going to be because Ryan Fitzpatrick's there, but for free agents, um, like you mentioned with the tight ends, there's a couple of veteran tight ends that are out there. Kyle Rudolph's one of them. Jared Cook's another one. He's, just a guy that you throw out there every once in a while anymore. Uh, Tyler Eifert, I think you could probably squeeze one good season out of him. And I don't think he's that much worse than like a Kyle Rudolph at this point. His biggest thing was staying healthy in most recent years. Last year, he stayed relatively healthy besides one concussion. Another name that's out there too that was a restricted free agent was Robert Tunyon. We'll see what happens with him. They did put a second round uh, tender on him today. So we'll see how that shakes out. And for free agent wide receivers... There's a lot of good, interesting options out there, just depending on which team you're looking at. A guy that I, I've i liked a lot for a long time that never got a fair shake in Jacksonville was D.D. Westbrook. Obviously, he's coming off an ACL surgery now. But, you know, in college, he was a, a, bullet, a Bulletnikov. Um, I think he actually won the one year. He, at his pro day, he ran like a 4-3, and Jacksonville just stuck him in the slot. 
you got a guy that can beat people down the field and you just stuck him in the slot running 10 yard routes. Like it was a complete waste of talent. And then last year he just got knocked out of the shake because he started off the year with a shoulder injury, didn't pick up the new playbook because he was so far behind. And then they just kind of wrote him off. He played like two or three games, tore his ACL on a kick return. But he's a guy, you know, deep threat at a wide receiver, guy that you can buy real low on. And he's a decent returner in the punt return game as well. Yeah, for me, my my guy that I've been watching all offseason is Curtis Samuel. I like Curtis Samuel. I like what he brings to the game. He creates yards after the catch. He was, I think he was a tail-end wide receiver to this past year and almost was a wide receiver to the year before. That And no one's talking about that. When you look at wide receiver twos, you look at the top 24 guys, and this guy squeezed in with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson doing what they were doing around him. So he's someone who really intrigues me. I, I People seem to think it's a lock that he goes to Washington, obviously because they don't have a receiver like it, nothing like a yards after the catch guy like him. And I like Green Bay. I think that's a very unique skill set that Devontae Adams doesn't necessarily have that he can definitely bring as a wide receiver too. Um there's a couple options of spots for, for Curtis Samuel. It just depends where he's going. But I think one domino has to fall. One domino has to take the risk and fall for the rest of them to follow because someone's someone obviously wants to see, what are you going to make? And then they're going to be like, okay, I'm worth more than that guy. I'm worth more than this guy. And they want one domino to fall um, that isn't Nelson Aguilar or Kendrick Bourne or, or any of those guys who have fallen for a ridiculous amount of money. Um I this think the Jets awesome. would be good. I think the yeah, Jets the would Jets be good for be Curtis good. Samuel. If, if Jameson Crowder isn't there, if they move on from Jameson Crowder, which a rumor is that they might, he could definitely fit there because that's a skill set that they don't really have on tap with Davis or Mims. Jameson Crowder right. meh, could kind of be, but not not really. Not from the purely yards after the catch and the gadget type player that Samuel is. So. This is fun, guys. This is a really good time. Um, thank you, everyone, for watching and for those who will be listening when Jim gets the podcast posted up. Uh, thank you all for your support. Make sure to enter the March Madness contest. Hoodies worth two ballots, t shirts worth one. You get the opportunity for a free gold jacket podcast hat. Just make sure you go and buy a gold jacket hoodie or a gold jacket t shirt. Make sure to rate, review, like, comment or wherever you're listening to us or watching us. Um, and thank you, Coach Craig, for coming on, one of the newest members of the True True North Fantasy Football um, Network. Um, we got we got some big things coming down the pipeline, a new, a new site coming. We have our buy and sell posted already um, for if you're looking for some people to buy and some people you might be looking to sell. Um, Craig, where can where can the people find you, and, and what are you working on? And take this opportunity to shamelessly plug whatever you want. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Coach Craig Sport without the S because it doesn't fit. Uh, I'm on YouTube. I have my own YouTube channel that's Coach Craig Sports. I uh, did a lot of fantasy football talk there this season, and th- right now I'm doing a lot of NBA DFS picks daily. Uh, so if you guys are into like FanDuel or DraftKings NBA DFS. I go through each of my favorite plays. So I pick five players at each position on both sites, make a video about that. I do a recap every day and then I talk about the injuries. Um, right now I'm going through some of my breakout or um, right now I'm going through some of my bold predictions prior to the year that I did. I got one left to do that probably hopefully to be done tomorrow, but 
then I'm also going to be covering some fancy baseball news some, or some fancy baseball and some baseball news as well. Um, obviously, writing some articles with True North, I did my little snippet for the buy and sell article. Uh, when I write articles, I'm somebody that kind of looks at things that are a little bit different or some, or like things that most people aren't going to be talking about. So like last year um, on the other side, I write for a podcasting network. I did like one about how COVID could affect like the season, how it could affect streaming defenses even. So like if you're starting quarterback at COVID, then your your opposing defense might do better. If you had a key defensive player out with the COVID, um, their defense might struggle that way too. Just a little bit of different, interesting look at that. Did some snap rate articles too. So guys that were trending upwards in terms of snap rates over like a period of weeks or trending downwards and then just trying to give analysis from there as well. Uh, probably be talking a lot of draft picks or um, going into the NFL draft. I'll be talking about a lot of different NFL draft picks. Obviously we're going to have the stream for the draft as well. So I'll be on at least one of those days uh, for either day two. And then if we do a day three for rounds four through seven, um, I've done a lot of research into this year's draft at every position pretty much. So um, definitely going to be doing some deeper dives on that if we do do that day three stream. Love nice. it. Yeah, we we had a blast last year. I'm, I'm going to be on that stream as well. So definitely something to look out for. Um, the, and now for the uh, you, Jim, where can the people find you? Oh, man, they know where to find me. Um, you can find me at Gold Jack Quarterbacks. Well, Jack QBs on Twitter. Um, I'm just really in awe because, like, Craig nailed in our chat what, like, two or three? Like, he nailed he nailed Carlos Hyde to the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Andy Dalton. You named a few, man, and I've I've just been like sitting here going, like, Jesus Christ! Like, so uh, really, like, I want to pump these guys, like, pump, like follow this dude, man. Like, if you can get him in a chat and behind scenes where he ends up dropping some information like that, like. He's he's on the ball, that's for sure. That's that's for damn sure. He nailed like three or four. I've been really impressed with. Yeah, absolutely love it. Putting in some good work for us, and hopefully that will definitely continue. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Connor Ten T E N, and make sure to follow uh, the True North Fantasy Football Crew on Twitter at True North FFB. TNFF Network on Twitter. Hit that subscribe button because we got so damn much content every single day, man. I'm all over that Twitter account all the time trying to keep up with everything going on. Um, and uh, and you can also find us on the old interweb at truenorthffb.com. That site will be getting a, a fresh look and an upgrade here hopefully soon is what I'm hearing. Um but otherwise, next week, we are coming on with our friend Damian Parsons from the Crocker Report, and we are talking the best of the rest of the running back class. Enough talk about Najee, Etienne, and Javante Williams. We are going to dig a little bit deeper and have some more fun with Damian uh, Parsons next week. So make sure to check that out. But until then, we will see you next Tuesday.